Hey guys, welcome back. Today I'm going to be sitting down with Lisa Labute. She is a creator, owner, and chef of The Goods. The Goods is a plant-based restaurant located on the west end of Toronto, and they've been around since 2012. In this episode, we talk about how she got started, the importance of food as healing, why plant-based foods are so important, and basically where she sees the industry going. So she's super funny, but also informative. So listen and take notes, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Lisa. How's it going? Good. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, Okay, so we have a lot to cover today. So why don't we start (laughs) off like with an intro? Tell me everything from like how you started, where you started, all of that. Sure. Okay, so, oh my gosh, there's... I always get a bit tripped up with this question because there's so many places to start. Like we could go all the way back to like my mom making my baby food from scratch (laughs) or we could start maybe like Like eight years years? ago. Oh, eight years. Okay, yeah, fine. (laughs) Go ahead. Go again. Go ahead. So yeah, I guess I I, I always like to start because my first career was in advertising. So I was in advertising from the time I was 21 until I was about 32 and I was very, very dedicated to it and it was amazing. But there was kind of always this like missing piece for me. So while I loved the people, I love, I'm very career driven and I've always been super driven. There just seemed to be this like aspect that was missing. And I mean, it became more and more clear as the years passed on, but I just felt like I wasn't contributing and it, I felt like a misalignment. So this idea of me exerting mass amounts of energy, being an incredibly driven woman and working all the time, but not necessarily directing that energy towards something I believed in. So I knew that that was a piece that was missing, but I wasn't really sure what to do about it. Um, yeah. And then I had, I had a food experience, which I think a lot of people who are in the wellness movement now have a story of kind of like that moment, this epiphany. And, um, I kind of had like an epiphany over a one year period. So in 2010, I got into raw food and I had, so how did that happen? Sure. It was, it's a funny sequence to be honest. It happened. So... 2010. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm 38 now. Uh, I guess I was probably like 27. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I would say like, that's like around like my age group right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're all like really focusing on that. Well, your body changes and yeah. you kind of feel like you're losing control. Yeah. And so I think you want to gain control. Yeah. And then when you realize how powerful food is in terms of like, it's almost like it youths mm-hmm. you which Mm -hmm. isn't actually a word, but, um, that like, once you start to experience that, you're like, Oh, okay. I can can control the aging process. Right. So it actually started because I had a Groupon. So Groupon was like hot. Right. And so I had, I had bought two Groupons to Rawlicious, like one of like the, like the, the initial, like the OGs. That of is wellness. OG. I'm trying to think of it now. I'm like, I haven't heard that word, the name in so long. They're amazing. They have yeah. so many locations. Yeah. They're still killing it. So I had two Groupons to Rawlicious. The first time I went, I didn't think much of it. The second time I went, I was like, oh my God, I'm eating all vegetables. And so one thing to keep in mind about me is, and people are always surprised, like I don't really love to eat my vegetables yeah. and I never have. It's always been hard for me. And I spent most of my twenties choosing to not eat any vegetables at all. That's like me. I'd like to drink my vegetables. I don't want to chew them. Totally. I need them like disguised. (laughs) We'll get to that being part of what we do here later. But um, so yeah, so I had a group on and I ate their nachos and I kind of lost my mind at the idea that I was 
eating all vegetables. Um, and I just went like down this like crazy rabbit hole. And, um, I had my partner at the time went to the library and got me like every book that that he could find on raw food. And I just started reading and I read a book by Victoria Butanko Mm -hmm. about 10 steps to raw. And it's this amazing story about her family, like, uh, immigrating here from Russia and how they all got sick and how she healed them. And at the end of the book, um, she actually has like a recipe for a green smoothie. And the way she talked about green smoothies was so exciting. Like it felt like the magic bullet, which it is. (laughs) I need one right now. Yeah. (laughs) Which it is. So, um, I went to like the health food store on college and I had to ask what kale was. Like I didn't even know what kale was. Kale also is like such a buzzword as of like three years. Yeah. Like it's everywhere. Totally. So like whatever, however many years ago, eight years ago, I was like kale and I went home, blended my smoothie in the same blender that my mom used to make maybe food, by the way, and um, blended my smoothie in that. And I was like basically plugging my nose like to drink this thing. (laughs) And it was so delicious that I had this like moment of, oh my God, like, this is it. Like, this is crazy. Like, cause it's like, I hadn't made the, hadn't had like the experience yet, but I think we know inherently we are what we eat. And it was that moment of where I remembered, like I remembered mm-hmm. how good it feels to know you're eating something that's entirely good for you. Mm-hmm. And it had been a long time since I had had that, like maybe ever. Um, and so I went down this crazy rabbit hole of raw veganism, which was amazing. Cause you're taking somebody who has no food awareness and is literally eating like pizza and jelly beans and lattes and muffins and stuff all day, all day. Cause I'm working in advertising. Yeah. I'm working all the time. So yeah. I'm just grabbing stuff on the go. And I, it's just, if it's my favorite thing and it tastes good, and I unless eat you're it. meal prepping, but like come Sunday night, oh, you're exhausted. Like yeah. that's all happening. And like I toy with it. I would go through yeah. phases of meal prep, but for the most time, like I was making money and I could buy my food and I did. So to take that, which is basically a standard American diet, mm-hmm. So to go from that to this like crazy high influx of raw foods, it just like, it blew my mind. Like I was a convert. Like I, I feel like I sound like a crazy religious person, but it literally changed my life. Yeah. So, and then I think like, um, I, at the time I hadn't realized that this was going to be my ticket out of advertising, but I was becoming like all consumed. So I was reading, I was listening to podcasts all the time. I actually really? just posted on my blog about- I actually read that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, because I was like, it was like the only way at the time for me to get in on a conversation about food and other people who had had food experiences. Right, because it's one thing to like read books, but then to actually get into it and like hear other people's opinions yeah. is really good too. And experience. Yeah. Like I'm super experienced. Yeah. And like the science for me comes second and it's funny because- my intuition is almost bang on with science all the time. So this, and the science is now coming Mm -hmm. behind everything that we're talking about. But at the time it's like, I just wanted to hear what other people were doing. And I also think food's very unique. So it was amazing to have this, like, and some of the podcasts at the time were like really questionable in quality, but like, I didn't care. Like I just wanted it. Yeah. So it was interesting. It kind of like followed this whole body, mind, spirit process. So Mm -hmm. Early on, it was like I had been suffering from ulcers and migraines and just the influx of fresh organic produce completely eradicated migraines and promptly healed up my digestive tract, which was like, again, so shocking because I'd been having been on ulcer medication for since my early 20s with like no no healing, just kind of masking it. And then just having all this good food just basically healed me. So I was really amazed with that because that's also what the books were saying. Mm -hmm. So now I'm having the same experience as I'm reading about and listening. So it's like, okay, there's some credibility there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as a little bit more time passed, you know, my eyelashes grew longer. I lost a couple pounds. So it's like, that's nice. Skin cleared up? Yes Skin cleared up. (laughs) 
skin wasn't a huge problem for me, yeah. but yes, skin definitely cleared up. Yeah. So everyone likes that. I was sleeping better. And then I realized like the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. So there was just the stability that came, this like peace of mind, this like calmness. Like I wasn't raging in traffic anymore. And that was, I mean, I was commuting at the time, yeah. which is like common. Yeah. And I wasn't like raging at my partner or like being super frustrated if my friends were five minutes late. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had always struggled with. Like I'd had a really bad temper, like mm-hmm. in my youth and in my early twenties. And so to see that kind of like that old friend go away, it was like, oh, uh, this is like nice. Mm-hmm. So this mental as- mental health aspect came in. And on top of it, like I'm finding my endurance is a lot better. So, you know, I'm seeing a friend down the street and I'm running to catch up with them. And I'm surprised I just ran two blocks and I'm like barely winded. Like again, mm-hmm. these are all these, like, it's almost like that back to that you thing idea. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm like watching my body heal itself. And mm-hmm. I didn't even really realize I was sick. Yeah. So it was just such an amazing experience for me. And then like eventually as time passed this spiritual aspect, and I guess it's more of a connection of body, mind and spirit, but I felt like this connection back to myself. And um, it was like, I was finally listening to myself again. Um, I was caring for myself. I was taking care of myself. And out of that, I started just giving a shit about everything. So I cared about me and I cared about the planet. I cared about the community and I really wanted to do something. So that at that point, it was obviously a no brainer that I needed to leave advertising. So I quit and that was it. So (laughs) how long did that take though? Like from that moment that you like, like, you told me you started reading the books Mm -hmm. till you were like okay aha I'm leaving it's a very good question because (laughs) I think that people get excited and just want to duck out Um, exactly and it's like do you just quit your job like do you work at it for a bit yeah I mean again like I don't think there's a blanket answer for everyone because I think everyone's situation is unique but for me I spent a year thinking about it okay and then I spent a year saving okay so I basically like looked that's at my- That's what f- I assume. I'm like, that's like a very rational choice. I know. It wasn't easy because <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to quit. Yeah. And I like had talked to a few of like my close people to say, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> basically I'm quitting. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, okay, you're right. So yeah. it took me about a year of saving and I just was responsible. Like I said, okay, what's the least amount of money I've ever lived on? Mm-hmm. Which I, like moving to a city at 21 was very small amount. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try and live on that. Mm-hmm stop spending, stop buying, go into my closet, start digging through my clothes, pulling out some old stuff, wearing some old stuff, like really making it work. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a year to save up as much money as possible. And then I quit in January of uh, 2012. Yeah. Did people at work notice a change? People thought it was crazy. (laughs) People thought it was crazy. Like there was a period of time where my family thought I was a little bit crazy because I'm just, I'm such like an extreme personality. So I think when sometimes people hear about diets and lifestyles that maybe sound extreme. Like I just a, hate that word diet. I'm I like know. all about like the lifestyle. I know. And I think going vegan and plant-based is more of a lifestyle. Yeah. I would never call it a diet. A diet's a label. You know? I know. And so yeah. is, I mean, people love categories and labels yeah. and they want to fit so everything weird. into a little box. <laughs> So weird. It's how we are. And yeah. I think we need to like consciously fight that in yeah. every facet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the it was raw veganism and like there's some extreme people on the raw vegan movement, but like they are onto something, even if it's maybe not mm-hmm. resonating with you. Like at the root, like for me, raw veganism is 
where it's at. Like, it's just this idea. It's not about not heating foods over a certain temperature. That's actually like the least of it. What it's about is having single ingredients, everything having some function or healing property in your body and using food for its maximum potential, medicinal potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing. But unfortunately, there's just such a stigma attached to so many of these like lifestyle diets. Mm-hmm. So, and I think now looking back, I would say that it was more a matter of choosing to live consciously yeah. But it was labeled as our vegan. So everyone thought I had lost my mind, but they quickly fell online and realized I was on something. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. And then like they followed along. Totally. <laughs> Everybody drinks green smoothies. Everybody gets it. Yeah. So yeah. So you left the job. So I left the job. So I left the job and I spent a year just doing whatever I wanted and kind yeah. of figuring out who I was as my, just my own, like as Lisa, not mm-hmm. Lisa, the producer, um, Lisa and advertising, not being career driven or oof, anyway. So that was a whole process. Um, and then I wanted to have, again, I wanted that, like that, this kind of experience. So I spent a lot of time online looking for courses because I had decided that I didn't want to go to a traditional method of education, like go into an institution, even though there's some amazing ones out there, but I wanted to learn from somebody who was like, just like had experienced it and it had changed them and Mm -hmm. they had dedicated everything to learning as much as they could. So that person was Elena Love. Mm -hmm. She is my teacher. She is amazing. I feel like I could even get emotional right now. (laughs) Um, She has a cafe in Bend, Oregon and she teaches. And I was so fortunate to find her online and I traveled down to Indonesia to spend five weeks doing her course. So it was an intensive, we did like three or 400 recipes. How many people were with you? There was 20 plus people at the Mm -hmm. course. And so to experience that so being in Bali eating some of the most beautiful food in the world prepared in such a conscious way by this like genius woman was like it was a trip like you know I'm in another country things like you squat to go to the bathroom like everything's unfamiliar I remember my I was there for like three weeks I think that part for me was like the most. Yeah, yeah. it's no, but it's true. Same with Thailand and like any part of Southeast Asia, like the food there. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like get out of your comfort zone. Like see yourself away from like all of the regular day to day. You know, like there's Mm -hmm. no point of reference. It's just me. So being in that environment and then being drawn to a place that 20 other people had been drawn to from all these different backgrounds and for similar reasons was really profound. Listening to everyone's experience and their healing stories was like just solidified that I was onto something. Um, It was an amazing experience. I mean, that's a whole other podcast in itself. It was (laughs) remarkable. And then um, Elena and I just loved each other. So I ended up following her later in the year to Scottsdale, Arizona, where she did another course and I helped facilitate. So it was amazing to have the opportunity to be a student and then kind of be behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it shows, she showed me everything. So to be privy to all of that work and effort and energy she'd put into this thing was really, really a huge part of like propelling me forward. And, uh, I chose at that moment that she was clearly a teacher and that was meant for her. And I was clearly a business person and I wanted to have a, like, um, an actual bricks and mortar. Yeah, you wanted so, to create something. Yeah. Something yeah. physical and that something that was scalable. And yeah. that was like a big thing for me. So yeah, that was like the learning, that actual physical learning experience. So I guess I went to Bali in April. I went to Scottsdale 
in October. And then by November, I was like hustling salads in Toronto and like the goods existed, which was really, really crazy. And it just came out of a friend. Um, The ad world has been like tremendously supportive. So not only was I in business boot camp for Mm -hmm. all of my 20s, um, the network possibilities and advertising were crazy mm-hmm. and everybody for some reason, not everyone, I won't <laughs> say everyone, but like a lot of people just want to get out of advertising. It's a really taxing business and it's super stressful. Weirdly enough, I'm hearing that a lot about law too. <sighs> They're just, people just want to get out of everything and like do like create their own. Yeah. I think it's new worlds. Like I just yeah. think the new worlds has been birthed and that's what you're seeing. But, um, yeah, so my so because I got out of the industry, I found my network was like super supportive. It was also the birth of like Instagram. So I was able to like plot my travels. Like if you go really deep into the goods feed, you'll see the Bali trip in there. Oh, wow. So it people were able like all of my ad peeps were able to like follow me through and my travels. You were doing. Yeah. And so they were curious and a, a one of um one my friend Teresa asked me if I would make lunch for her and her coworkers. I said sure and it was like four meals for the week a day and then the next week another agency heard and I was doing 21 meals a day and it was and like this is where the community aspect yeah. comes in because it's like these people either know me directly or know somebody who knows me and they're really no- nosy about what I'm doing and curious and um, and I was lucky I had a friend that owned a restaurant down the street and I called her and I was like I don't think I should be making this food out of my house can I use your place so she said sure which was crazy because she didn't even charge me like my god yeah usually like test kitchens are crazy crazy And and no, and and Pam was her name. She owned the Brockton General, and she said, "If you leave me lunch every day, you can use it." So we would like I would set up and tear down, and it was crazy. So within like I would say four months, we were making about seventy meals a day. Oh my god! And I had help, and I was using Goodfood at this point to deliver all my food, and it was like becoming a thing. So it was pretty crazy. Like twenty twelve, or no, sorry, that was twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen was crazy. No, that was twenty twelve. Sorry. It was crazy. And then it just grew. <laughs> so it like from what it sounds like it actually grew pretty organically. To- it was all organic. Yeah. Like other than me having enough money to survive in Toronto. Yeah. Like very <laughs> slim. <laughs> slim no shopping no eating out <laughs> but it grew very organically like it was very much like an example of almost like a test group yeah. so advertising days of yeah. like wanting to put this product out into the world but then also wanting to hear what people wanted and how they wanted it so at that time we were one of very few like healthy box salad places like maybe one of the only in mm-hmm. late 2012 um, and we were one of very few lunch delivery services which is crazy because there was no Uber you Eats were, oh, yeah I was just going to say you were oh, your own Uber Eats <laughs> totally my own Uber Eats and so that was really wild to think yeah. about that but fortunately we got a bricks and mortar and opened the space on Dundas Yeah. how, um, how long has this been here for? so we've been here since January 2014. Wow. Yeah. So I did a year and a half of like share kitchen and then now we've been here for almost four years. And it's just such a cute like space. Made it myself. It looks really homey. No, but that's what I like. You know, like it doesn't feel like it's like a store. No, like that. It's not a cold kitchen. That was the point. We wanted people, we wanted to be transparent so you can see everything. Literally everything. Um, Okay. So like I kind of just want to go into, I think, the importance of food as a mm-hmm. healing. I know you spoke about it just a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's weird. So wellness, just like on the record, wellness is now becoming a trend, mm-hmm. like a huge, huge trend, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm like very happy about. But um, where do you see that they're a little like, falls through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I just want to pick your brain on I, that. I like that question because yeah. I do think that we need to step back a little bit and understand the like the power of food. Mm-hmm. Food is, is super powerful. Um, and I think like for me, it's at the root of everything. So of course we need to breathe. We need <laughs> air to live and we water. need water to live, <laughs> right? And we need food. So yeah. if we don't have access to good food, like essentially like it will make us sick. And, and I think that's the thing people miss. Like, you know, somebody who maybe stopped listening to this podcast stumbled across it and they're like, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I just want to go eat my whatever chips and not feel bad about it. It's like, yeah, but the problem is like, it doesn't matter whether you're aware of the power of food or not. It's still having the same effect on you. So mm-hmm. it can either be medicine or it can be poison and it kind of doesn't care what you think. So I, and that was part of my, I like revel- that. right? Yeah. And that's like the trick. And so I think that being like very conscious about what we're eating and, and listen, like I'm aware, like I'm speaking from a place of like serious privilege. Like I am able to choose what I eat every single day. I eat every single day. And with that privilege, I think there comes a responsibility to consciously decide what I'm eating. Ultimately, like we live in a time where we're voting with our dollars. So if you choose to buy processed food from a big box store, you're choosing to support large corporations and you're choosing to support the manufacturing of crappy food. I also understand that some people don't have the choice, but a lot of us do. And so for me, part of this like awakening experience with food has been that I have a responsibility in Mm -hmm. what I buy and where I buy it. So for going from a corporate world to into the small business world was a bit of a rude awakening of like how hard people who own their own business work to not only create something, but to keep it running. And so I choose to shop locally. I want to know the people who own the businesses that I give my money to Mm -hmm. because I work really hard for my money Mm -hmm. and I want to give it to somebody else. And the beauty of doing that is that money then goes directly back into the community. So it's like, you're now seeing this like full circle situation. Um, yeah. And listen, I'm not perfect. Like I also will eat pizza on occasion and like, I, it's not like I never eat a packaged product, right? Like it (laughs) happens, but I think being conscious and like thinking about it, even if you're into buying vintage, like you can buy from an independent shop owner who's like curating their collection. Mm -hmm. If you choose to buy new clothes, you can buy from an independent merchant who's like putting all of their love and passion. And ultimately like for me, that I think that's my responsibility. Yeah. And so that's kind of like how I choose to do that um, and spend my money. And I think a big part of that is food, obviously. Yeah. I also think this also may just be me and the people I surround myself mm-hmm. with. We're like Tor- Torontonians, especially in this area. Mm-hmm. When I say this area, it's the West End people, but um, yeah. we support one another so yeah. much, especially like, let's say the Ossington Strip, like mm-hmm. West End, like you, to be honest, like, we can see why Queen Street isn't doing so well mm-hmm. because it's like all these like typical big stores that are opening up that aren't so local. And mm-hmm. then when you head towards the West, business is literally mm-hmm. booming because everyone mm-hmm. wants to support one another, whether mm-hmm. it be a workout class, food, a butcher shop, mm-hmm. vintage clothing. Also, I find that everyone is shopping vintage and like mm-hmm. being mindful right now. And that's something that I'm so supportive mm-hmm. of, supportive of and like getting really passionate about. So yeah, just what you mentioned. That's also really No, I love true. that. And yeah. so it probably is to some degree the people you surround yourself with, yeah. but I want to believe that it's like our consciousness rising as a collective. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing 
that movement and that people do like people come in here like we have I would say like 99.9% of our customers are like wonderful lovely happy human beings like <laughs> it's like it's so nice but I think those people like 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 attracts like and they want to come in here because we know their names and yeah. we know they're like you saw Gabriella come in here today and it's like we know her order she just calls she's like hi it's me and we're like okay yeah and it's like she like loves that we love that yeah. we love seeing her and so it's like that is that also brings so much like joy and to your daily to day routine, yeah. right? By so, the way, shout out Gabriella. She owns Moksha in yeah. Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, she's an amazing human. Yeah. She's an example. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, back to slips in the crack. Mm-hmm. So everything now, I also think veganism is a buzzword mm-hmm. and like guys like eating like onion rings every day. That's not helping anyone. Yeah. Also, tofu three times a day isn't helping anyone. So where do you think the disconnect with like the education and just putting a label on something comes? I just think we need to be patient with ourselves. Like there's like our society's under like a major transformation right now. And this stuff takes time. Like it does. Right. So for me, if somebody's like dropped the meat most of the week and they're still maybe t- sometimes eating it. And then right now they're in a phase where they're doing tofu, like whatever. Okay, good on you. Mm-hmm. But know that it's a process and mm-hmm. it's a constant evolution and you do need to educate yourself. And sometimes things can be really good and mm-hmm. then they can become exploited because foods trend and they're maybe not the greatest for a while. Like there was a situation with quinoa where you know, it, it, its origins are in Bolivia. It's a staple food there. And it became so popular in the West that Bolivians couldn't afford to eat the staple food. And like, that's messed up. And so when that happened, like we just collectively decided that we wouldn't be putting quinoa in any new menu items going forward because it's like, that's as much, like, that's what I can do. Right. Yeah. So I think like, see, and I would not like me, like I would never know that. So you just taught me. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if it's still a problem, but like there were people who were going bonkers for like puffed quinoa everything for a while. And it was like, okay, chill out. Um, But yeah, I think it's this idea, like I'm with you. So what we're trying to do at the goods is like two part. One, we are really strict about how we make our food, Mm -hmm. but we are not strict about our messaging. So I choose actively not to be dogmatic. And what I mean by that is I don't think people need to like eat and live this way all the time. And it's like, you should be punished if you make a mistake and eat Mm -hmm. something that's not is less than ideal I think that it's being conscious and making as many good choices as possible when you have the opportunity and constantly evolving and educating yourself and if you're eating a lot of tofu maybe stop for a second and look online and see okay what are what's tofu about like should I really be eating this six times a day or should this be maybe like twice a week (laughs) yeah right so I think that's a that's a big part of it yeah and what let's like get into like kind of like transparency and food practices again so you're all about single ingredients I feel like I can look at one of your boxes and literally (laughs) dissect like I know literally she has clear boxes here and I can tell you what every single grain is and every (laughs) single vegetable so why did you find that important um and also like how do you incorporate like the function and like healing in foods to your boxes like how do you decide yeah I mean I gosh it's so hard because like so much comes out of like experiences I've had and a lot of it comes out of being in advertising and me feeling like there's not enough transparency in big brands in terms of what they're doing and Mm -hmm. so you know we saw a generation before us think that they were eating well by going like 
low fat and cow low cow salads and chicken every right. day to like croutons and stuff and it was marketing that they yeah. thought they were doing the right yeah. thing but now we have this like thing called the internet and you can what about really- giving your children milk every day yeah right like I mean <laughs> Oh, it's so tricky. I'm like, I feel like now that's what makes me hot because I know how hard of a time parents have feeding their kids, and yeah. sometimes it does end up being like cheese sticks just to get them to eat something. But it's so weird. You know, it's really hard. Yeah. They just like kids are fussy and parents are busy, right? Yeah. But it's also what they have access to. So yeah. you're seeing now people do these like squeezy packs of fruit, and kids are really into that. So I'm happy like you're starting to see these options. So the cheese stick used to be the easy thing, but now the squeeze pack of like pureed fruit is the easy thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, cool. There's like options, right? Mm -hmm. But for us, um, I really wanted to have as much transparency. And for me, watching the brand move forward, that's going to be a big part of what we do. So our kitchen is open. So if you come to our space, you can see everything that's going on. You can see our food. Um, If you open one of our boxes, you can see everything that's in the box. And we're also happy to talk about it further. Um, Our new packaging that we just launched has actual like ratios. It looks beautiful, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, so it was so such hard work, but I'm like really happy. And shout out to John Street, who did is a local agency who's been eating the goods for like a full five years. They've eaten so much of the food and they took that on as like a project to do as a solid. Guys, I will put the link to John Street. Yeah. They're in, really in the amazing company. So <laughs> that was uh, very kind of them yeah. to help us out with that. So and the, so with the new packaging is all our ingredients are listed and we also have ratios. So mm. when you eat a green smoothie or sorry, drink one of our gateway smoothies or have say or dream of mushroom soup, you can see that it's like majority just all pure vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's that just is that's part of the transparency goal. Mm. Um, yeah. And that was big for me because I just and, and again, the idea of single ingredients. So our we're really strict with our principles and they're multifaceted. Like I could go on literally for an hour about all the thinking that goes into my food, but I'll try and summarize a little bit. Single ingredients are a big thing for us. So starting from just like a whole ingredient is huge. So there's no can openers here because I can't manage what the facility is putting in, in terms of preservatives or liquids or whatever. So we just use, we soak our own chickpeas and then we cook our own chickpeas and that's how we do it. Um, We cut all our own food. So I don't buy anything that's pre prep, so no pre-shredded or anything like that. Um, Again, we cook everything and we soak and sprout our sprouts and we just do everything ourselves. And we've just set up, we've streamlined a process to make it very like possible to do that in a small space. Um, And then the other aspect is for me when I'm like choosing an ingredient and creating a recipe is um, function. So I want in it, I want a food to have a healing property or be completely healing and have function to it in the body. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing for me. And also how we prepare that to kind of maximize the benefit of the ingredient. So, um, an example, so say like turmeric is great, but unless it's slightly heated and combined with a black pepper, you're not really absorbing the curcumin, which mm-hmm. is the good part of turmeric. So it's fine to dump raw turmeric into your smoothie. Like that's great, but you are going to eliminate most of the good stuff. So for our be well soup. And that's like such an eye opener for me. Cause like my friends will tell you, I've Turmeric everything. You got to heat it. I know. But it's yeah, easy. I put it on everything. So, like, yeah, but now I need black pepper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you can do this thing yeah. called a golden paste. Yeah. So you can heat up a little um, turmeric. I'm digressing, mm-hmm. but you can heat up a little turmeric with black pepper and coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And then you can just put it in a container and keep it in the fridge. Yeah. So whatever you're using it on, if you're blending it into smoothies, if you add a little bit of like golden paste is magic, you yeah. know? I mean, I use it with my dogs. Yeah. 
Um, it's like such a good thing, but if you need to have access to it, there's yeah. easy ways to do that. Um, sorry for going off. Topic. No, I know. Sorry. But that's kind of the mentality, right? Yeah, is yeah. like, how do you, how do you maximize the benefits? Right. Um, green smoothies are another thing. So while we try and keep everything in its whole form, green smoothies are epic because if you blend that roughage, it like breaks down that tough nucleus. Mm-hmm. You then have access to the nutrients that are within that. And yes, the point of chewing is to break down that, that cellular structure, but we're not great chewers and we're never going to beat a blend tech or a Vitamix like ever. So if you blend it, you're then assimilating those nutrients like three times more readily than if you chew it. So in that case, like for me, smoothies are a really good option Mm -hmm. and you kind of, you need to still chew stuff, but like, I mean, I would just drink everything if I could. Same. Same. But, that's <laughs> right? So, but that's okay. And yeah. also like we like to have a cook component because the fact is there's a lot of really good whole foods that are not in ingestible raw. So for example, like you're not going to just eat quinoa or wild rice. It needs to be cooked. Um, yeah. So we always add a cook component. We're in Canada. We need some like grounding, satiating, warming foods. We yeah. need to light that digestive fire. So we always have cooked. Sweet potatoes are another example. Like we have this amazing curried coconut sweet potato soup. Mm-hmm. You can't eat sweet potatoes raw, but they're amazing for you. So we cook them. So it's that idea, right? Yeah. It's very simple. It's not yeah. like this isn't rocket science, yeah. but it's that idea of like really looking at every ingredient and being like, okay, how do I use you to maximize your potential? Yeah. And that's the idea. So what, like how, from like start to finish, how long does it take you to like think of a new recipe? Oh God, it could be like two years or it could be like three minutes. Do like, you have like test bunnies? Yes, <laughs> I totally do. Um, and they vary. Like there's always like the whole deal is like, I'm going to let you try this, which people get so excited to be a tester, but like, you got to lay it on me. Like, do yeah. not be nice to me because that's actually being mean. If you tell me something's really good. They're and, sabotaging you. Yeah, exactly. So I only let honest people do it, but um, I had some really amazing testers for yeah. our latest uh, new roots soup, which is one we just launched. Yeah. Um, and that's an example of a soup that like literally came to me. Like in minutes, and I'm convinced I channeled it from like my grandmother or something (laughs) because I don't understand where it came from, but I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I feel like we went through so much. So in Toronto, Mm -hmm. I feel like right now the industry, like there's so many different places popping up Mm -hmm. because like veganism again is trending and health is trending. So I mean, it's one thing to educate yourself, Mm -hmm. but do you find that it's also the responsibility of like the restaurant owner to kind of like be transparent? Like I know you're very transparent, Mm -hmm. but to be transparent about what people are eating and like, yeah, you're putting a label again, like veganism, but like, is it, is it actually good for you? I don't know. It's tricky. I mean, I think that people behind the well in any business, there's so many different reasons they may be motivated to be mm-hmm. in that business. So I it, mean, one can also be just like cut the consumption of meat, right? Totally. Like take that out, totally. of, out of the kitchen. And it's like, I very much support anybody in the wellness movement at this point, because I think whether, I think the consumer is smart. Mm-hmm. I think we've been fooled before and we don't want to be fooled anymore. So mm-hmm. I think people like inherently know mm-hmm. uh, this is a process for me because early on I was quite stressed about like the influx of wellness coming into the wellness air quotes, um, like health food coming into the city. And for a lot of it, I don't think is healthy. Um, I also find it stressful. Like you were saying about onion rings that people think that they're doing something good for their body by eating vegan, but that vegan and health are not synonymous at all. <laughs> yeah. So, 
it's like, that's a very common misconception. So I don't know. Like, I think that we have to understand that there are some people in the health movement that are doing it because it's like their purpose and their passion. And there's also some people who have looked at the numbers it's trending and, and they it's know a they can way make- to monetize. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you need to have an awareness. It doesn't mm-hmm. always mean that the people who are purpose driven are making good product. And it also doesn't mean that the people who are money driven are making a poor product. Yeah. But I think what I'm trying to say is that it's on the onus is on the consumer at this point to educate yourself yeah. and like do a little digging. Yeah. I will say the millennials cause I am one. Yeah. We, if you tell us something is good for us, like we are a thousand percent, like we're extremists. Mm-hmm. And if you tell us something is bad for us, we're a thousand percent extremists and we find it difficult to find like find a balance. Yeah. <laughs> it's either we're on one side and not on yeah. the other. And other people are like, what is wrong with them? <laughs> I'm into and it. that's yeah. why it's like wellness now is like, a volcano. Yeah. It's like everywhere. But I think it's also it's good though. It's good because I think that like a real lifestyle change and like living consciously comes strictly from your own experience. Yeah. So I'm fine if somebody feeds you a bit of misinformation because uh, first of all, millennials are not dummies mm-hmm. and they are the future and I'm really into it. Thank you. Uh, not so many people speak so highly of us. I mean, <laughs> I, I have only millennials that work here and I think they're wonderful. Like they've taught me so much that for the most part, their politics are in check like (laughs) they give a shit I'm into that right and they want to do something they feel good about like that's not a thing I can say about my generation and Mm. I'm will say I'm on the cusp I'm in a little middle of like you like yeah yeah like here 79 is like I'm not a millennial but I'm not a gen x I'm some like hybrid Mm -hmm. so just saying but um no I'm into it and so yeah I think a big part of the wellness is is you're gonna quickly realize like if you're eating at a like a healthy food air quotes place a couple times and you don't feel good every time. Like you're going to know that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and I have that people come in here a lot and they'll eat my food a couple times and they'll come back. They're like, I always feel so good. I feel energized, energized. I feel light. I wasn't tired. Like people know, like, you know, and so I'm not, I used to get stressed about it, but I'm not worried yeah. because I think you quickly realize if something's yeah. not healthy and there's like a little like bug in the back of your brain. You're like, Oh, this like, chocolate banana sugary smoothie is like so good but you're like oh no this isn't really so it's like you know yeah you are you already know like that's our hashtag you already know it's like we all know everything it's the wi-fi password right (laughs) (laughs) it's the wi-fi it's the everything because you already know that that summarizes that that is the answer yeah i like that you know it's just reminding you um darn i lost my train of thought Oh, oh well okay so like i mean the next step is definitely the packaging, but two years, what, what do you see for the goods? Ooh, such a good question. Oh, I obviously don't want you to like release your manifestations into the world, but like, I just want you to like, what do you wish to get out of this? Like you've educated so many people already, Mm -hmm. but expanding, um, either more menu items. Um, I'm, oh, it's such a hard question. So uh, like a little history on me, I freak out when people ask me to like project, like when I was in the corporate world and they were always like five-year plan, like, "Ah," because I think so often, like I didn't even like vegetables, like (laughs) what, like less than 10 years ago, like. 
I don't know what's best for me. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think there's a little bit of like letting the goods, like I feel like it's kind of its own like living, breathing entity and like seeing where it wants to go. Yeah. Um, I also like this store is amazing, but we definitely need to like do a couple things because we're like outgrowing the space quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, maybe a new location or a second location could be in our future. I'm curious to see how the new packaging is received. Um, right now we're selling in store online and through Uber Eats, but I mean, depending on the demand, like maybe we quickly get into distribution, which would be super exciting. Um, I would like to see the menu expand. I really want to add some more fermented items. Mm. So we're going to put a kvass, which is like a fermented beet drink on the menu. Um, And we're also going to put a, a sourdough. So Uh, I haven't made a final decision. That takes a lot of love and care. Right? A lot. It's a child. I know. (laughs) I want as many dependents as possible. I love responsibility, (laughs) so it's fine. It's definitely a child. Okay, so we like really, I don't know how that was already 40 minutes, but I'm not done with you. Okay. Holy crap. What we all love. I always say this to the end because everyone loves listening to Mm. it. Wellness routines. Okay. Okay. Let's start with. Number one, okay. food. food, ritual, ritual of food though. Okay. So I have this thing every single morning and what it's, is it? it's kind of like a hybrid of the Instetta we do at the store. Okay. Um, but my, the goods is not free. So at home I do it with almond butter okay. and banana. The goods is also low glycemic. So at home I'd eat a little bit differently, but, um, so I do, uh, it's cacao and almond butter and, um, banana and then I usually add like a pinch of mineral salt and then I have true cinnamon and then I call it this is so gross but bear with me I call it like my meat smoothie Mm -hmm. which it's not meat at all but it's like some of the things so I add like uh, I always have my B vitamins in that and I also add a fat Mm -hmm. right and I add my protein Okay. So that is like, I have to have that. Like on occasion I'm like, oh, maybe I should switch up the routine and I'm like a monster. What do you do when you go away? I survive when I'm away. If I'm out of my like zone, zone, I'm okay. Yeah. But yeah. no, I don't know. Yeah. That has to happen. It's like, yeah. I don't ever, I've never had a coffee in my life and I feel like I- You haven't had coffee? No. You shouldn't have coffee. Right? You are not. Oh my God, this explains so I much. I also don't drink alcohol <laughs> because I shouldn't. <laughs> have you had mushroom coffee? Uh, no. Okay. Is that maybe I like that? Like, well, there's no caffeine really. It's just like mushrooms that are supposed to Okay. Like, You've never had coffee? Mm-mm. No. Good for you. I'm an addictive maniac. Like, I have the most addictive, obsessive personality. So as soon as I hear something is has an addictive quality to it, no. I'm like, I better not. Like, even in university? Mm-mm. No. Wow. No, 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 no. I love you. Oh my <laughs> and God. And I haven't amazing. had a drink of alcohol since I was 21 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it was, I drank like a. Well, your skin shows. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I drank like a dum dumb high schooler, yeah. like when I was like a teenager, but yeah. it did not suit me. So on my 21st birthday is actually the last time I had a drink because I don't need it. Like I'm such right. like an energy animal that it yeah. doesn't help me. Yeah. So, okay. So that's my, so food, that's my food. So there you go. You actually got some other answers out of my food. So. Right. I don't even think about the new coffee, no booze. Like it's not even register. It's just not who I am. Yeah. The um, morning superfood 
meat supplement smoothie is like necessary yeah. to my existence. Yeah. Um, and then other wellness routines is like, I have to move. So yeah. knowing that I was needing to be on and talk to you today, mm-hmm. did my misfit video at home, but I like, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's so wonderful. Yeah. It's a game changer. I mean, I've especially been, in this like type of weather. You don't yeah. Wanna. I can't get out that early in the morning today. I had too much <laughs> stuff to do. So it being a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been going to misfit for five years. It's, uh, like a local movement studio. Oh, Oh, everyone knows Amber. Everyone knows. Guys, two episodes ago. Yeah, she's so good. So that was like a major game changer. Like yeah. understanding how body works specifically for me mm. is like grounding. It it kind of like brings mental stability. Yeah. I also make feel like it just makes me feel really good. Mm. And I like feel like I have my glow back. Like I'm just glowy. So movement's huge. And then quiet. Um, I'm hesitate, hesitant to say meditation because it's not always like a standard form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two dogs, so it could just be like quietly like hiking around the city with them and letting them sniff stuff it could be sitting in a bathtub quietly um I'm also committed to float Toronto so I've been going to float Toronto for almost three years um and I go there one or two times a month and okay so not like too much no like not like once a week I mean if I was money bags I would love to go all the time (laughs) they should sponsor you oh don't worry they take care of me (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you a free float after Um, anyway, so yeah, like that is like, that is like my clear space, like those things, like, and because they've been staples in my life for so many years now, like I, I need them. Like that's my balance. So yeah, those are my things. And, and, and interestingly, they're all community based and I like love, love, love that. I'm too scared to float because I have severe ADD. So you put me in a vessel that I can't think about anything and I I will probably write a movie script in my head. You will. (laughs) You're going to love it. And they just renovated the whole space. So the tanks are like huge now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're just going to be like floating. Can someone be in the room with me? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like, you can see my eye. I'm making you go. (laughs) Okay, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have. Um, Lisa's location is on Dundas. A lot of you have actually told me about it. So majority of you better Thank check it you out for the support um yeah so i'm going to attach a few links about things we spoke about in the show notes and thank you so much yeah thank you okay. that was great bye guys